For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets Podcast. We are back with another episode. I don't think we have recorded. We we were on such a good streak, but I don't think we've recorded since the Nets have, honest to God, played a regular season game. So uh, we are back. Um, make sure you s- subscribe to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star rating and review. All reviews will get read on the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Nets. You can follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams. Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. Um, before we get, you obviously know what we're going to talk about today. Everybody knows what we're going to talk about today. But um, before we get into things, uh, I hope you guys are having a happy new year. Uh, My new year has not started out great. I unfortunately got COVID, which is why we have not been recording because I had felt like crap. So, um, yeah, but I'm on the road to recovery now. And uh, we just couldn't let another week pass by, especially this week, without recording an episode. Um, before we get into everything, I want to give a huge shout out to mybookie.ag. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Rodgers or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why we tell people to bet with mybookie. Mybookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets and every level of NFL playoff games. You know us, and you know that we don't give out our stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and MyBookie is the very best sportsbook out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best, bet with MyBookie. And boom. 
So, uh, yeah, the Nets, the Nets traded for James Harden, which <laughs> I feel like we've been tiptoeing around this topic for the last, like, two months, honestly. Ever since Harden said that he wanted to get up out of Houston, the Nets were a prime destination. It came down to uh, him basically, the, the, the Rockets got clapped by the Lakers, and he, James Harden was like, no. We're just not good enough. And, uh, yeah, the Rockets traded him the very next day. Uh, it was between us and the 76ers. And well, apparently that's what they said it was. But then it came out today that there were also asking prices that the Rockets threw out final offers to the Celtics and Heat as well. The Heat one and was just a pure fleecing. They- I believe that the Sixers, Celtics, and Heat all made the great decision by not pulling the trigger because the Rockets asked for far more from them than they did the Nets, for whatever reason that was. But they asked for a whole lot from all three of those teams. The only one that made sense why they asked so much was the Heat, because what, you're going to give them Drogic, Harden, Butler, and Bam without taking away all that depth they have, it, it made sense there. But the Celtics and Sixers offers were, were kind of ridiculous to me. Well, when 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 I look at it, it's kind of like the fact... It's crazy that we're even here to begin with because Harden has like two or three years, I think it's three years, left on his deal. Like, yes. usually when players force their way out, it's because they're going to be a free agent in the next season. So they're going to leave you regardless. Like, Harden had no leverage, if you really think about it. Like, he was just... Dis- why, do you think, why do you think he was trying to force it to a winning team? Because he wanted to... He If they gave him to a team that wasn't going to win now, then what's the point of having that contract? No, I 100% get it. I'm just saying, like... The, the player empowerment, I, I, I mess with it, but that's crazy. Like, the Rockets had all of the leverage in the situation. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't go anywhere. But at the same time, then, the Rockets had no leverage because then he spun it that he wasn't even going to try. He wasn't going to play. He didn't care anymore. Like, he was going to play, but he, he didn't believe it was fixable. So then everyone knew that... Not that they can lowball the Rockets, but it's a lower price than originally because Harden really did not want to be there. And and if the Rockets keep him, it only damaged them. So they had to move him. That's what I'm saying, bro. I feel like we're gonna see a lot more team or not a lot more players that are not happy in their situations, regardless of how much time they have on their contract, getting up out of there. For example, Zach Levine. I feel bad for that man every time he suits up at, as a Chicago Bull. He's gotta get up out of there soon. I don't know how many years he has left on his contract, but <laughs> I personally believe that this huge Harden deal that we'll discuss in a second opened the door for two of the Cavs big men to get moved. I believe Blake Griffin will be on the move. I think Bradley Beal is going to get pursued. I believe Levine will be pursued. It This deadline can be very heavy. Yeah, this this could be one of the... Not only the deadline, but this season could be shaving up to be one of the... As soon as next week, tomorrow. Who knows? It, it's, it can happen any time, but I do believe that a lot more moves will be made around the league. 
Harden was like the big news story. He was the. Ev- I feel like every year it's some disgruntled star that wants to get moved. Last year was AD, or two years ago was AD. Last year I don't. I don't know who it was last year. I can't. It had to be someone. I just can't remember. This year it was Harden. Like it, it's always someone. I don't know who that next person's gonna be. Probably Bradley Beal, if I had to guess. But Bradley Beal's averaging well above thirty points right now. Yeah, it's just the the NBA's biggest story is is waiting to be taken advantage of. So some player is gonna come out and and go ahead and go for it. But we've been our our friend who's a Heat fan didn't want them to pull the trigger on Harden for he believes he'll mess up the offense, but he does want them to pull the trigger on Beal, which I don't think Beal's price is as high as Harden's was, but I do think they will still have to give up Hero. Robinson and picks, regardless. Facts. Uh, shout out my shout out my boy Jalal. Uh, we had we we didn't have him on the podcast, but like we called him in a couple episodes ago. Uh, shout out to his podcast, the Just Another Day podcast. Go check his 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 stuff out. Um, but yeah, we've been tiptoeing around the Harden trade the entire time. You guys are probably just like say it. So cool. The Harden trade details. It's a mishmash of a whole lot of stuff. The Rockets and so the easy one out of the way first. Okay. The Nets get Harden. That's it. <laughs> that's that. That's the simple stuff. So then we'll go from from least complex to most. So then the second would be the Cavs, who just got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And you could be asking why Allen and Prince went there when the deal was with the Rockets, but they made this a whole four-teamer. So then the third is the Pacers, who wound up with Kyrus Lovert, and the 2023 second-round pick from the Rockets. And now we get to the Rockets, who ended up with Kuruks as the only player from the Nets that they got, but they got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Four unprotected firsts in 2022 from the Nets, 2022 from the Bucks, 2024 from the Nets, and 2026 from the Nets, and then four pick swaps in 2021, 23, 25, and 27 with the Nets. So now we're going to give our grades for each team in this deal. But before we do that, we got to pour one out. Pour one out to Rody. Pour one out for Karras. Poor one out for Jared Allen. Poor one out for Torian Prince. They, they. importantly, Jared Allen and Karis. They've been here through the dog days. Through it all. Through it all. So, shout out to those guys. Uh, we wish them nothing but the best on their new teams. Jared's only 22. Karis is 26. He's about to ball out on the Pacers. And- and now you can see why I was saying that it opens the door for the Cavs to move Drummond because Jared Allen's 22 and he's going to be their center of the future with Sexton and Garland. Sexton, even. <laughs> it, it really doesn't make sense that Drummond would be there much longer even though he signed a deal. So you could see a team that desperately needs a center, the Celtics make a move for him since they have many first round picks and a ton of young bench players but I believe that he's going to be one of the big men that are moved come deadline time 
Yeah, so we might as well get into our grades. Um, we'll start with the Cavs since theirs is the most, the, the easiest to, outside of the Nets, obviously, who just got harder. The Cavs are the easiest to kind of like explain. The Cavs got Jared Allen and Torian Prince for a 2022 Milwaukee Bucks first round pick. Which, which they'll still have their big three, so that's going to be an awful pick. Exactly. They They got Jared Allen. A rising young center who's been playing great as of late, and Torian Prince, who's still twenty six year old, twenty six years old, the best may not have come yet for him for a late first round pick, which is gonna be garbage anyway. That's a and, steal. And Dante Exum, who I'm not gonna lie, is not impressive to me at all. Not at all. Not at all. He's he's on the waiver wire in our dynasty league. If someone's on the waiver wire in a dynasty fantasy basketball league, a thirty team dynasty fantasy basketball league, you you know he's trash. So, but no, the the Cavs easily get an A plus. The only downside is that now they have a a crap ton of big men. Just to break it down, they have Kevin Love. Who, who who needs to get out of there? It's been a while since he's needed to leave. Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr. Um, Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, and JaVale McGee. So they basically have... Three of those big men can get moved. Love, Drummond, and McGee can all go. Obviously, they'll need to not move all three of them. But I, I do think it makes sense for them to, at the very least, if they make a move, they gotta move Love and McGee. Crazy thing is, I honestly think that they can still get a little something for Kevin Love. Like, as far removed from his prime as he is, some team is going to be willing to give up a first or something. Like, they can still get a nice, not a, a package, but, like, not a haul, obviously, but, like, they can make it worth their while to trade Kevin Love. Yeah, uh, I, I think they should try and field offers for him. Same with Andre Drummond. Like, a team, like, a team lacking a center would most certainly give up a good a good little also another big man they could be on the move is uh Lamarcus Aldridge forgot to mention him yeah Lamarcus could also be on the move um i mean he's just i feel like he's just been rotting away in San Antonio for a yeah. while well it's cuz they're boring no one talks about them yeah <laughs> no it is um, so, bottom line, we give the Cavs an A+. They're going to move Drummond. They're probably going to move on from Kevin Love soon, too. Jared Allen's going to be their center of the future. And they got Torian Prince, who, like I keep saying, is still only 26 years old. So, you know. And if they, by chance, don't move Drummond, then they're going to also waste Allen, as the Nets have been doing. So, then Allen's just going to just be stuck in this miserable spot, sharing minutes with a veteran center. So. Let's hope that's not the case. So, moving yeah, I really on. I don't want that because I think Allen can be a quality starting center, but it seems like he keeps ending up in terrible spots for him. Um, so, here we have the uh, the good old, I guess we'll go with the Pacers. We gave the Pacers an A-. minus. Now, the Pacers, they got our guy, my guy, really. Hunter doesn't have the faith that I do in him. Karis LeVert. They and they got a 2023. I can't talk a 2023 second round pick from Houston. So that's what they got. Karras and a 2023 second round pick, and they gave up Victor Oladipo. So in the present day, Karras Lavert and Oladipo are almost the same in terms of value. Maybe Karras's ceiling is obviously higher. 
he has uh, maybe two-time all-star potential for his career to me. Um, Oladipo's not an all-star anymore. Won't be again. Almost guarantee that. And the Pacers now, I think, have a higher ceiling moving forward to compete in the East. Because with Oladipo, they weren't getting anything done. So just a change of scenery for both players. And Damian Lillard actually tweeted that he thinks Karras is going to ball out in Indy. So we could see Karras and Sabonis form a nice duo there. I think I think a, a, a Karras, Brogdon, and Sabonis trio with TJ Warren, with Miles Turner is a good team. Like that's a scrappy team. Yeah, no, that's a good team for sure. And Brogdon also does not get enough credit. I mean, I think their two best players would, would be Lavert and Sabonis. But Brogdon's a very efficient, mistake-free basketball player. 100%. Eight plays, and, and he he's a winner. That's honestly what it is. If he had a great team around him, he's a winner. Which is why when the Bucks got rid of him or when he got when he went down that year against the Celtics well they beat the Celtics that year then lost the next series when Brogdon went down I believe that was the reason they didn't win and then not re-signing him was the biggest mistake that the Bucks made Brogdon was huge for them He's he's he he's just so underappreciated to me. And also, don't forget they have Jeremy Lamb if he ever will return this year. That's a fact. I forgot about Jeremy Lamb. That is a that's a good team, bro. Like, and then they have both holidays off the bench. The Pacers are a nice scrappy team. Like, I I definitely think that it was a win for them. Like, a minus. I also do believe that. I, I said this to my friend yesterday. One of those top teams in the East might get ousted in the first round by the Pacers. What's good with the Raptors, bro? They are garbage. Um, For one, they have no bench. Nothing. Their bench is Chris Boucher, who's been balling. But he's not even benched because he takes all of Baines' minutes anyway. So they don't have a bench. Norman Powell's not playing all that well. And uh, Lowry's time is coming. His time is coming. It's basically so, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. <laughs> and it's a whole lot of spin moves from Siakam. So, yeah, they 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 they're in a whole lot of disarray. But we give the Pacers an A minus. They're a scrappy team, uh, and no team in the East wants to see them in the first round. I can guarantee you that. And like Hunter said, I would not be surprised if if they bounced a, a prolific team in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, On to the Rockets. Uh, well, I think we should do Rockets and Nets at the same time, being that we gave them both the same grade. Because I believe, in terms of the overall value of the trade, I think the Cavs and Pacers actually made out the best. They were added to it and actually made out better than the other two teams. But the Rockets and Nets, I think, broke broke even on what they gave up. And they both get a B-plus from us. Yeah, like, and I know some people might be like, wow, you gave every team a B or A. Like, okay, that's just because this was a good all-around trade. This is not a trade where there was a loser. Unless the Nets don't win a championship. 
But and like yeah. we talked about before the way that there is a loser in this deal because the Rockets picks in the back end of this deal are guaranteed to be high. It's it's not even a debate. It, they're going to be solid picks. And then they're still not a bad team and they picked up a couple young players. So I think the Rockets the Rockets might have made out the worst in the deal overall, but they had no other options really. And these picks down the road, as we saw last time, the Nets made a blockbuster, turned into Tatum and Brown. Yeah. These picks turn into for the Rockets. Obviously, a 2027 draft pick right now is in, like, seventh grade. (laughs) You you can't really know who that's going to be, but it's some seventh grader out there that's going to be wearing a Rockets jersey in seven years that would have been on the Nets. So, like, yeah, like Hunter said, I feel like for the Rockets, like Hunter said, we both gave him a B plus. Um, the 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 picks they got in the front half of the the twenty twenties is is not really gonna do much for them because the Nets are still gonna be good. But a lot of the value from the picks comes on the back end. And It'll be twenty twenty four and beyond, which they have twenty twenty four, five, six, and seven. So yeah, we'll see what the Rockets hit from that. Um, and then the Nets. The Nets got James Harden. That's you got a top five player in the NBA, one of the most offensively efficient players in NBA history. A walking bucket. Like you now combine him with KD and Kyrie, and you give wow. up some depth. But like I agree, I agree with you. The, the all, everything that you said except one thing. Um, I don't think he's top five per se. Um. For me on my list, he's seven or eight. Could you say a top five talent then? I mean, he's he's a top two scorer that we've ever seen to me. Him and KD. Him and KD are the two best scorers of our time. All right, now, then put it like a this. A lot of people think LeBron should be there because he can score at will. But I think KD and Harden score so effortlessly at such a high volume that they're the two best scorers. That's me personally. And putting them on the same team is special. Now, Harden is only seven because of how many good players are above him. Like, the people above him for me are literally LeBron, KD, AD, Giannis, Kawhi, and Steph, and then Harden. For for me, I, I put it like there's... Very few, if anyone, in the NBA now that can do what Harden does. Oh yeah, for sure. And so you get a player that that who, whose skill set is really unmatched. Like you couldn't have gotten a Harden from anywhere else. There's only one Harden in the entire NBA, and for you to now have him on your side going against these other top level teams like that's that's where you get where that's where the value comes from like that's where like Luka is a is like a LeBron clone you know like scores gets the triple doubles like da 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 but like there's who's a Harden clone like we haven't seen one really Harden people don't do what Harden does on a regular basis like he obviously you know like there's some off the court issues with him. He goes. He likes to do his thang in the club, but like not, not even not even just that. Obviously, there's going to be some concerns because he's failed in the biggest moments. 
Well, now you have two NBA champion superstars next to you, one who made one of the biggest shots of all time in a Game 7, then one who iced a series in LeBron's eye while winning two out of three. So, so yeah, the pressure significantly comes off hard. And, and like I said, like you got a once in a in a generation player and there's not many of those so that's where the nets picked that up now that, that those were our grades uh i want to talk about because i've seen on twitter a lot of a nets fans scared because they talk about how this trade compares to the 2013 trade so now just to go back over that it's it's widely considered the worst trade in nba history <laughs> and, and hopefully it was because the Nets never made it out of the second round even. So so that trade, in a nutshell, was in, back in 2013, uh, Brooklyn was trying very, very hard to go for a chip. And KD, I mean, K, not KD, KG, and Paul Pierce. And for once, for once, I will say, Danny Ainge wasn't sitting down doing nothing and decided... That he smelled blood and he went for it. So and, uh, he offered them a 36-year-old Paul Pierce and a 37-year-old Kevin Garnett, along with Terry. and DJ White. And so that's what the the Nets got: KG, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, DJ White. On the back end, the Celtics received a whole bunch of trash players. They got Gerald Wallace. All the bad players first before you get to the reason the trade was a success. Exactly. They got a whole bunch of trash. They got Gerald Wallace. They got Chris Humphreys. They got Marshawn Brooks. They got Chris Joseph, Keith Bogans. And then, like, all those players, we already know. They're they're not amounting to anything. Here's where the, the value hits. Those picks that we we were hoping turned out to be this became... The the first round picks in 2014, 2016, uh, and a 2017 pick swap, and then the 2018 pick. The 2016 pick became Jalen Brown. The 2017 pick became Jason Tatum. The 2018 pick was traded to the Cavs for Kyrie Irving. So when you look back at it, the Nets traded Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown for KG. Paul Pierce and Jason Terry and DJ White. <laughs> and that is why it is considered the worst trade in NBA history. Awful. Now this trade has nothing to do with that because Harden isn't 37. He's 31. Those 6 years make a world difference because one you'll see Probably, I mean, for most players, there's almost no all-NBA seasons when a player's 37. When a player's 31, they're still mostly in their prime. So, I mean, let's just... In in bare talent, Harden is better than anyone that they were getting. Yes, like true. When you just break it down in its simplest forms... Then they're scared... And I get this fear is because if LeBron and AD win the chip this year, right? Which they can in reality because, yes, the Nets have three, but the Lakers still have those two with Schroeder and Harrell and Gasol and Kuzma and all of these players that the Nets don't have on their bench. 
So it's not going to be easy. Regardless, if they don't win this year, Nets fans are going to start thinking, wow, the window's getting smaller and we lost all those picks. What if we don't ever win one? That's a reasonable fear. Because if they don't win one, the Nets grade in this trade in the future is an F. I mean... But it's hard to see how they don't win one in the next three years. And I think that's the risk that that you have to take. Like when you go back and look at that Lakers trade, had the Lakers not won the chip last year or had they not won a chip period, that trade for Anthony Davis might have gone down as, okay, they got fleeced. But now nobody cares. Because they won the chip. If the if the Nets do win the chip in the next three years, we won't care that in 2026 and 2027, we don't have those top picks because at the end of the day, we got our chip. Like yeah, th- that That's what happens. It, like, I'm going to throw another sport in this for an example. The Yankees and Cubs made a trade where the Yankees gave a Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs in 2016 and got their number one prospect, Glaber Torres. Now, on face value right away, the Yankees win that trade, but it's not for the immediate future, even though the Yankees had a winning team. But the Cubs win their chip, and Chapman signs right back with the Yankees. But no one cares that they lost Glaber because they did their job of winning the chip once they got Chapman. It's the same thing. Once you win a chip, your goal was complete. So what everything you did in that trade does not matter. Now they can't win for another 15 years and no one will care because they got the chip they wanted. And in all reality... The Nets weren't winning with that package of KG and Paul Pierce. Like they were never realistically winning the chip. They they just weren't. Like now- yeah, maybe if that that lineup was all five years younger and they had Darren Williams, uh, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, KG, Brooke Lopez, all in their primes. Hell yeah, that team's winning five straight. But they were all old. And so now the Nets traded. For a very, very good chance. Uh, they're, they're 90% sure they're coming out of the East. All they really have to compete with is the Lakers. <laughs> and so KD's yeah, proven that he can beat LeBron before. There's going to be East teams that take them six. It's like it's not going to be four, four, four. Let's say because remember where they're seated right now. They're not going to end up as one. They're not going to end up as two, most likely. They're probably going to see themselves at the very best as a three seed. Unless they, unless Harden and Kyrie come in and they don't lose. But let's say the Nets end up as the three seed, right? Their first round matchups are more than likely going to be the Heat. Or the Six, not the Sixers. Uh, the Heat or the Pacers, one of those two probably. That That's not going to be easy. And then in the next round, they're going to have the Celtics. That's not going to be easy. And then in the next round, they're going to have the Sixers. Still won't be easy before they get to the Lakers. Their road's going to be tough. 
So it's not a guarantee they make it out the East or even a win in the first year. Because if you remember how awful that Heat team looked in the beginning, they started, I believe, eight and nine in their first 17. And people were beginning to panic already. It's possible that they come in and they don't know how to gel together. Yes, Harden and KD played already, but guess what? So did Harden and Westbrook, and it didn't look all that great. They're two different players than they were back then as well, you know? like So so they're all – Kyrie and Harden are very ball-dominant. Kyrie hates not having the ball. He hates it. He's the reason Tatum couldn't grow as fast as he could have. Because he wanted the ball every time up the court. Harden also wants the ball every time. That's how KD scores the ball. So if they don't figure out how to share with each other, and the fact that their support is not all that great, aside from Joe Harris, it won't be good in year one. And and yeah, I think I think as we we get deeper into this pod, we're gonna talk about like their holes on the roster, some guys they could possibly sign. But before we do that, I, we just have to say that none of this happens when you think about it without that 2018 roster. Look, that's that's what when we when we went back, it's like that was the uh, that was their tryout to have a bright future. That like, was the turning point for the franchise, bro. Like. That it's crazy because that culture was centered around Pinson and D'Angelo Russell, run by Kenny Atkinson, and it all opened the door for them to now have Nash, D'Antoni, KD, Kyrie, and literally only be left with Joe Harris and Dinwiddie from that roster. That so that's crazy. Use that roster to pick apart everything and build a winner, which is brilliant what Marks has done. When you look at that roster, bro, Jared Allen, gone. Literally, everything will be justified with a championship, even if it's just one. Everything is justified with a championship. And that's that's how championships work, bro. That's what they do. They wipe your memory. Everything's reset after that. But well, that's teams that like were the Raptors, where they just had it. Yeah. They, drafted those players they built that team unless it's something like that then it, it's most likely a risky trade that gets you there it's just crazy how that works because like 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 jared allen is gone now damari carroll's gone now alan crab gone ed davis gone jared dudley gone kenneth reed a couple of these players or at least one of them could be making a return this year We'll talk about that later. 100%. Kenneth Reed, gone. Trevion Graham, gone. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, gone. Rhodey, gone. Karras, gone. Um, uh, Shabazz Napier, gone. Pinson, gone. Big Sauce, Alan Williams, gone. And, oh, De- and then D'Angelo Russell, gone. Like, the only retain- players that the Nets have retained in the past two years are Spencer Dinwiddie, and Joe Harris. And mind you, Dinwiddie's out this entire season. So oh, the only one playing this season is Joe Harris. It's just crazy because if, like, say D'Lo doesn't have that breakout season and get the Nets to the playoffs, 
regardless of whether or not they lost in five to the Sixers that year, I don't know if Kyrie says, okay, that's a destination I want to play at. And therefore, you don't know if KD says, all right, let's go play there. Like, all that is a domino effect started by Karras, D'Lo, D.O. Pinton, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jamari Carroll, Jared Allen. And it sucks because they're, they're the ones that fostered this culture that everyone wanted to come to. And now they're not even going to reap the benefits. That culture doesn't exist anymore. That culture was used to get them to come here. Now it, that's it's not a thing anymore. But they're they created like they're the reason that that the Nets the were. Reason. I mean, obviously, Marks has a lot to do with it. He's been great, but yes, I see your point. The that Nets team is the foundation. And that's what that's what Doug was saying. Shout out Doug. He, we get my son gets shouted out every podcast, but shout out Doug. He was saying like it sucks to not have these guys because like uh, they they fostered this this team. They made the Nets a desirable destination, and now they're not even going to get to reap the benefits of a possible championship. And that that stings for me, for a lot of Nets fans, and. That sucks. So like we said, shout out to all those guys. And uh, we're about to get into uh, Kyrie and the 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 where in the world is Kyrie Irving. Uh, but be- so uh, wait, 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 before we get into that, let me give you guys a shout out to our boys over at Manscaped. Um, happy New Year's from our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and is here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Ringing that new year with the right tools for the job. Hunter and I both purchased the Lawnmower 3.0 perfect package. It's crazy because neither one of us told each other we were doing it, and then one day we were like, you know, I was like, I bought it. He was like, oh, you know, I bought it too. <laughs> And we, we both figured out that we got it. I think you guys should follow our lead. Go ahead and get it. Spoiler alert, hairy nuts are still gross. Step in to the new year with the tree standing taller and shave your boys. Manscaped is here to give you a new year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. The perfect package 3.0 is the below the waist grooming package you need to start off strong this year. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third generation trimmer even has a light to shine to the promised land 2021 looks to be it's also time to freshen up down there in the new year the crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you already put deodorant on your armpits why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body and for on-the-go freshness you'll love the crop reviver ball toner spray start the new year with a fresh set of testes thanks to manscaped manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably speaking of comfort the manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your underwear game to the next level bring sexy back in 2021 get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com your balls will thank you and so, yes, Hunter's been waiting to rip Kyrie ever since the podcast started, and he now has his reasons, so go ahead. Uh, look, it's like, an, it's like an I told you so kind of thing. I knew there were problems attached to Kyrie. Everyone's like, ah, you just don't like him because you're a Celtics fan. 
the guy does not love the game. It's just that <laughs> he doesn't love the game at all. I understand he's very worried about social justice issues, as he should be. But guess who else is at the forefront of those issues? Jalen Brown. Guess who? Or that's just an example of one. And he doesn't miss games ever or ever leaves the team. There's – because guess what? Basketball is your job. You got signed to play the game. So when you take personal time away to go to a birthday party and then use your reasoning once Harden's traded to you that, oh, I was testing every day after the party to make sure I never gave COVID to my teammates. Well, now that you're good, it's easy to come back and say that after after you, uh, you were gone and uh, your coach had to say sure when they asked if you were going to return this season. The fact that Steve Nash didn't even know if Kyrie would return this whole season. Then they make the move for Harden. Oh, magically, Mr. Great Spirit Kyrie is here <laughs> and ready to gel with Harden. And he's ready to play. And he's so happy and focused on winning a championship. I just don't think it's fair for anyone to have it spun that Kyrie is in the right here at all. He had no business leaving the team in the first place for even a single day. I the first thing he needs he needs to return to the team, prove to them he will never leave again, and go get the ring. And then everything that is being said right now can go out the window if he is another game winner in Game Seven in LeBron's face. But unless he comes with some fire in the playoffs, I don't want to hear it. Because I knew he comes with his problems. That's it. Are you done? You got you got it off your chest? You good yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, Kyrie leaving. Uh, he left for personal reasons, social justice reasons. Nobody really knows exactly why he left except Kyrie. And so I'm always the one to to give him his slack. You know, I'm always the one to be like, Kyrie has a reason for his madness. There's a method to the madness with Kyrie. And the whole birthday party thing, I 100% get that. I would go to my sister's birthday party too, regardless of whether or not I was working or whatever. The thing is, you can't just leave with no communication to your superiors like me and hunter both have jobs if we were to just go awol and just dip without saying anything we would get fired or we would face some sort of backlash like there would be some repercussions as there are with every job the luxury of being an nba player especially one the caliber of Kyrie, is that those repercussions are severely diminished you know Of course, you're going to get it from some people on social media. You're going to get thrown through the mud. But at the end of the day, you're not really losing anything too much. Like, you're more valuable to the Nets than any random food worker is at 
key key food. So like people on Twitter being like, you know, you can't really like it's different because Kyrie serves more of a purpose to that team than any worker off the street does to to their company, you know. So it doesn't really stack up like that. But I agree, you can't just dip and and not tell anyone. The fact, like you said, that Steve Nash wasn't confident that he was coming back for the entire season speaks volumes. Like they didn't ask him, "Hey, yo, you you think Kyrie will be back next week?" Uh, they didn't ask him, you know, you think Kyrie will be back next month? They asked Steve Nash, the head coach, do you think Kyrie will return this season? And this, and, and that's a question you should only get if the player is injured. <laughs> the, the fact that that he, he he literally pulled a Derrick Rose. He just dipped. And just just gone. Goodbye. He just dipped, and and that that kind of speaks volumes. And and you know now he's kind of coming out like you know he's excited. Reports have fo- uh, surfaced that he's excited, focused on gelling with Harden. I, I like I think I agree with Hunter. I think it's easy to say that now. Um, you don't want to now that the Nets really aren't before the Nets got Harden. It was really like no one thought. They were going to win the chip without Kyrie. We we needed you. Now, when KD kind of has that second fiddle with or without you, it's different for you. To, like, now your value has diminished. You know, like, like... Yeah, you're still important because now the Nets are the only team with three stars like that. But if Kyrie leaves, Harden and KD is still the second best duo in basketball and so so you're the you don't really have the luxury to to not show up or or to be as much of a nuisance as you were because now regardless the nets are gonna be nice like they're gonna ball with or without you so now the fact that you're sitting here causing problems okay we could flip you for for three for seven picks call it a day and get back another young stud who still could make us a a, a semi big three better than every team in the east they so, could flip this man for Bradley Beal and, and and exactly you know like and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a, a slight to KD because he has his mans like he his man's is 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 hardened he's on the team regardless so now Kyrie doesn't have the leeway to 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 you know be to to be weird <laughs> and and this is this is not even us saying that they should move Kyrie cuz I don't think they should but now it's that he has he has to prove now that he's ready to play that's it and that's just that's just how it goes um I'm going to take this time. I've shouted out everything else. I'm going to take this time. If you guys are listening 43 minutes in, we rock with you. That means you rock with us. That means you rock with me. So go check out my podcast, the Run It Up podcast. You can find it on Spotify or Apple. Um, I do it with Blue Wire. Uh, shout out Kevin Jones, leader of Blue Wire, all that stuff. This upcoming Tuesday, um, the episode is going to drop on Wednesday, but I'm going to have uh, my son Keith McPherson on He's going to be my guest, uh, the co-host of the Talking Nets podcast to talk about this whole James Harden thing. So if you guys are more interested, want to hear more about what I think, about what Keith thinks, a little Nets 
crossover podcast, go check out the Run It Up podcast this upcoming Wednesday. The episode will be out. And uh, yeah, get your get your fix of some nets. I had to get my plug in. You know the vibes. So um, now how how the team stacks up, like looking at the Nets roster. So let me just say what their roster is flat out. Like the, the Nets, the <laughs> their depth chart is just a, a sight to behold. It is uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. That's what their projected starting lineup is. That's, that's what it will be. And then their bench will be highlighted by Landry Shamit, Bruce Brown, Timothy Luau, Cabrero, Jeff Green, and Reggie Perry. We still got Nick Claxton and uh, Tyler Johnson, Chris Chioza, Dinwiddie, but he won't be back this season. But next season, he will be back. So that's what the Nets roster is looking like. Which How- means three open spots, right? Now, they applied for the $5.7 million disabled player exception for Dinwiddie. And if they are granted that exception, the rumor is they can use it to deal for Garrett Temple, Ed Davis, or JaVale McGee. Temple and Ed Davis are former Nets. And JaVale McGee would be a nice backup center being that the Nets don't have one right now other than Reggie Perry. So um, I think that there's there's obvious holes on the roster. Sean Marks himself came out and said, without a doubt, the roster is not done. It's not yet finalized. We should be doing our due diligence. We have open roster spots. So I have uh, the utmost faith in our scouting department that have, over the years, done a tremendous job for us. We'll continue to try and add pieces as we go through the season. So the Nets roster is, is not complete. Like Hunter just said, uh, they have three open roster spots and a $5.7 million disabled player exception for Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I think that their biggest hole is backup center now that Jared Allen is gone and a backup guard kind of sort of like a guard. If you had to name your three players that you want them to have right now, what are those three? I don't really care to get Garrett Temple back. I'm going to be honest. Me either. I think Bruce Brown and and like, well, Bruce Brown essentially does the same thing as him. He's like a three and D wing. Um, I don't think Temple will play many minutes if they do get him back. So I don't see a point. The holes are point guard and center. So I think that's what they should focus on personally. I think Ed Davis was really good here in Brooklyn. So he, I'm torn between him and Dwayne Dedmon. I don't, I think Dwayne Denmon's nice enough to be on a roster already. So I don't really, I, I, I feel like there's something behind the scenes with him that he wants more than people are willing to offer him. But I, I would, my first choice would be Dwayne Denmon just because he can shoot the three. Like Ed Davis isn't really a threat from beyond the arc. Dwayne Denmon can shoot the three if necessary. So, you know, DeAndre Jordan can't do that. So adding a center that kind of makes up for the weaknesses that your current center has would make sense. So I'd say Dwayne Denmon would be my backup center, preferably. Um, Outside of that, with my two other roster spots, I'd probably go Isaiah Thomas just, and I know that's like the, the most chalk, flashy pick that you can go with but like i feel like he still has got something left in the tank 
he's very clearly has something left to prove and why not you know like you're already going all in on the chip you might as well bring in Isaiah Thomas like the talent is there and see what he can do off the bench in a backup role if he's willing to accept that. And I'd bring back Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, honest to God. Between him and Jamal Crawford, I'd bring back Rondé Hollis-Jefferson just because he's got that high motor and you know he's willing to do anything for the team. What about you? So I have one of the three same. I have Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I pick JaVale McGee. Uh, I think he, he'd work well with... Um, as the backup center, he might actually wind up taking the starting job, and KD knows how to work with him in the lineup. So it could be beneficial to have McGee in the starting lineup and bring DeAndre off the bench if it comes to that. And then my third one, I say Damare Carroll. Personally, he was he was my, my fourth option. He does the same things that Torian Prince did. They're almost the same player. He's just older and has regressed significantly but i do believe that with a veteran team like that carol could wind up finding a nice decent bench role and it could be worth picking him up again and honestly i'm really curious about what you guys would would think so tweet at us at hoopballnets here's the 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 crop of free agents that we kind of put together Jamal Crawford, Troy Daniels, Andre Roberson, Iman Shumpert, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Damari Carroll, Alonzo Trier, Isaiah Thomas, Gerald Green, Dwayne Denmon, Ersan Eliasova, Kylo Quinn, and Thon Maker. What is your top three free agents that you would sign if you... Underdog signing out of those just saying is Ersan Eliasova. Yeah, people always overlook him. I, I, I agree. I think... Get some buckets as a stretch four. He could come off the bench. Nah, I 100% agree. Um, but what does this Nets offense look like? With, at full strength, not counting Spencer Dinwiddie, at full strength meaning Kyrie ends his sabbatical and comes back, what does this offense look like? See, it's like, you would think it's going to be a whole lot of isolation ball, right? I mean, like, yeah. It's running. They're going to get assists based off of fast breaks. But when they're in a half-court set, it's whichever one of the three got the ball is going to have the ball. And unless people crash on them, they're going to keep the ball probably. I think the Nets are in a very unique situation. I think they're going to have the best offense in the league, obviously. But not most teams don't have three top-tier defenders capable of, of of guarding three of the best offensive players in the game. I think the only team you could argue that could is the Bucks. If no, you if you put if you put Giannis on KD, Drew on Harden, and then let like uh let Chris Middleton go with Kyrie, I think you could could make something out there. Middleton would guard Harden. I don't think so. I feel like Drew would do a better job of Harden. But but even even so, the Clippers have three great defensive players. Who are you counting Ibaka? Or Patrick oh, Beverly? Yes, Kawhi on KD, Paul George on Harden, Beverly on Kyrie. Patrick Beverly's not a good defender, bro. I'm sorry. He's just not. He can hold his own with Kyrie. <laughs> 
people think he's this amazing defender. He's really not. But okay, fine. He can he can disrupt Kyrie. Cool. Oh, and um, I believe you're forgetting about uh, the Boston Celtics also. Okay, Jalen, Jason, Mark and Marcus Smart. Yes. Jalen on Harden, Tatum on KD. I think that the Bucks have the best trio of defenders for the, the Nets, though. But I, I, I give you that. Teams that could could put up a fight, though, is what I'm saying. I I think so too. I I'll give you that. I think three max, three max. But I just don't. I don't know exactly. I think we need to see where the offense looks like i need to see a game with the three of them we've barely seen kd and Kyrie play together you see the problem the problem is gonna be when they play a team like the sixers can deandre jordan really do anything when Embiid has the ball because he is quite possibly the worst defensive player in the nba i mean i think defense overall is going to be a problem for the nets like so but that's that's what i'm saying Embiid's gonna do his thing they need to stop everyone else. And it's not like they're all great defenders. So Embiid is going to have his way with this team. That That's going to be hard for them to handle. I I don't... Looking at the Nets, like, they're going to have to outscore teams. as sim- like, And I, I think they know that. Like, they're very well aware that, that they're going to have to outscore teams. But it's like when the Lakers play them. Do you want AD at the five? Uh, probably. I mean, yeah, he's going to cook DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> That's the thing. But then on the offensive end, who's guarding who? Because Kuzma's not guarding DeAndre Jordan. I mean, no, but the Nets also aren't running their offense through DeAndre Jordan. So. Yeah, but, but hey, he could just dunk on him. Hey, you, I would take... I, I I would rather you give DeAndre the ball every time on a mismatch than any of the three of KD, yeah, Kyrie, true. and Harden have the ball like that. I'm willing to leverage that. Like we can do that because nine times out of like at least six times out of ten, DeAndre Jordan is gonna shank something. So I'm I'm fine with that. I'll take my chances. I just think that not a lick of defense. Like looking at who plays good defense other than KD on this team, Bruce Brown. And and a little like Jeff Green can do a little bit of something, but still like he's not disrupting anyone like that. Like it's really just KD. Like KD's your only high level defender on the team, and that's not to say that you need multiple. Like some teams make it work with just one, but like that's tough. Like you can't really hide KD. I mean, you can't really hide for the one. That one is usually the center who guards the paint. And a lot of teams, especially the Lakers, which are the Nets' biggest challenge right now, they hunt matchups. LeBron especially hunts matchups. Like, you have, if you're putting out this lineup of five of Kyrie, Harden, Harris, Durant, and DeAndre Jordan, there's four players that LeBron can exploit. He can kill Kyrie, Harden, Harris, and DeAndre Jordan. You're gonna, you can't switch everything with the Lakers. You just can't. So that's going to be their biggest challenge, like being able to 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 actually play. They're going to have to play some sort of zone, some sort of team defense, because LeBron's going to pick them apart. It's it's not going to be easy to start, which is why I'm saying the Nets will not end as a high seed. They're obviously a lock for the playoffs. That's no question. 
but I don't think they're one or two seed this season. I think it's going to take time for them to adjust. And yeah, like I was saying, like I, I we have barely seen KD and Kyrie play together. So what? How, who are we to say what uh, this trio is going to look like? Um, a lot of people have been saying, and this is kind of where we're going to leave things off for now, but a lot of people have been saying that this is the best big three in NBA history. Like, I know Jay Williams said that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I don't think so. No. Uh, To me, until we see anything, they're third, maybe fourth. I would say I would... I wouldn't go that far. I would give them second. Until we see anything, I can't. Because one... Steph Clay KD is one. That's not a question to me. I don't think it should be debated. And Steph I think better than Kyrie. KD is KD. Clay's not worse than Harden enough, as opposed to how much better Steph at that prime was than Kyrie. And that's what I'm saying. I think uh, since Clay hasn't played in two years, a lot of people are discounting how good he was. Like uh, Steph is is better than Kyrie. As you just said, KD's KD. And then the gap between Harden and Clay, I don't think is bigger than the gap between Steph and Kyrie. Fail to value defense when you're talking about players. Clay is an elite level defensive player. Harden is not. Steph and Kyrie are equal defenders. And maybe Steph's even a little better with hands. And Steph's way better overall efficiency wise on offense. Yeah, I so, I just think that they until that big three is one. There's a real argument here for for me that you can put. Uh, see, in terms of talent, they're two unquestioned. I think Braun. I think Bosch really brings down that. <laughs> that's that's the next one. But like, if in terms of talent, yes, the next one is two. Until they win, you probably got to put Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman in front of them. I think I think if we're talking about... I, I think it's a two different conversations because if it's pure talent, I think they're two behind Steph, Clay, KD. Yeah, if, if it's talent, they're two. If it's, if it's best trios in history right now, they're not top five. They're not because they haven't done anything. But by the by yeah, the end Parker, of it, Ginobili and Duncan are ahead of them. If you're talking that right now, by the end of their their tenure together, I think there's a At very the real chance season, they should climb most of those. I think there's a very real chance they end number one. I just think it's going to take some time to get there. Like that KD and Steph trio with Clay has two chips already. Like you 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 got to get to two. two if they win two, they're still probably two. But if they win three in a row, because that's probably what it'll have to be, then they're easily one. And uh, yeah, we're. I'm really excited to see what this team ends up being. I know Hunter is too. Um, the- we'll, we'll probably see them in action in the next couple of days if we're being honest i think harden has a uh like a press conference tomorrow at 1 p.m so be on the lookout for that um and yeah this is shaping up to be 
a very, very exciting NBA season. The worst part is the whole coronavirus cancellations and postponements. But me and Hunter called that a while ago. Like, we already knew things weren't going to... That last week I had article, I wrote a whole paragraph about how it only goes downhill from here because of how the NBA made their schedule. That schedule that they released two or th- three months ago, whatever, or like a month ago, that was never going to be the schedule that, that ended up playing out. It's just not. All they had to do, and I was talking about this with, with Jalal, mention him again. We, uh, it, They should have been playing in their corner of the country. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah, you're going to be playing the same teams a lot, and it's not fair for seeding. But these guys travel all around. They're going to get it. If they play in their corner of the country, there's a much better chance that less teams have tracing, less teams have to sit, less teams get it. Bro, take it from me that it's crazy how it spreads, bro. Like, it's crazy. Like, we, I was in contact with, I wasn't even in contact. So, the way that this, like, I got it is my girlfriend's grandma tested positive. My girlfriend saw her grandma on Christmas. I saw my grandma on the 26th. I mean, I saw Christy on the 26th. I then didn't exhibit symptoms until January 2nd. And I'm still not 100% now on January 15th. Like, and in the, in the time that I've been getting better, like that one encounter has gotten like eight other people sick not people i've encountered but like just people in that in that house at that time on christmas bro like it's crazy how it spreads so i honestly agree like play in your corner limit your travel as much as possible and um yeah we we only hope the best for the nba if they do take the two-week pause we'll see what happens like it's 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 just going to be more difficult. Like things you're going to just have to push through it. Every, like every other sport did the NFL had plenty of hiccups. They just kept it going. They took a lot of backlash. Not everything they did was ethically or more morally right, but you know, they got to the end of the season. So I guess it worked out fine. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the hoop on nets podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. This was definitely one of my favorite episodes. Um, we're about, we're back on schedule. We're about to get back on our consistency. And uh yeah, we shall see you guys next Friday. Subscribe to the Hoop Ball Nest Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star rating and review. All reviews will get read on the podcast. You can also download our podcast on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow me on Twitter at NajiAdams underscore. Also subscribe to the Run It Up podcast. Like I said, Keith McPherson coming on this upcoming week to talk about Nets and Harden and all that good stuff. Um, you can follow Hunter on Twitter at Hunter underscore JKR. And uh, before we dip, let me give you your letter. Your letter is R. Rashawn Holmes, football favorite. (laughs) And with that, we'll talk to you guys next Friday. Later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. 
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.